This is Startup Life Hacks, episode 25. If cash is king, cash flow is the king of the universe. So managing cash flow is like your number one priority as a startup founder. Welcome. Welcome to Startup Life Hacks. Ever wondered if you have what it takes to start a business? Join us as we share with you inspiring stories from these amazing entrepreneurs. Let their journeys bring you one step closer to achieving success. And now, here's your host, Romel Cabal. What up, Hacker Nation? This is Romel Cabal, and welcome to Startup Life Hacks, the show where I interview startup founders and entrepreneurs to give you the extra boost to start something amazing. Being connected with all these entrepreneurs, I've been privileged to work alongside them and create things that will help people such as yourself who need the tools and guidance to do something great. So be sure to stick around. We've got a special treat at the end of the episode that you would not want to miss out on. I'm excited to introduce you to our next guest, Will Caldwell. Will is a graduate from the University of San Diego. After majoring in accountancy, he has grown to publishing many articles in well-known sites such as Entrepreneur.com, Inman News, and Elite Daily. Will grew up in a real estate industry with both parents working in the field. So it's no surprise that he himself is also making a dent in the real estate industry. He's the founder and CEO of Dizzle which is an app specifically designed for real estate professionals and organizations to help generate more word-of-mouth leads. Will, let's first dive into your background and how you got started as an entrepreneur, and then build up to your current status as the founder of Dizzle. Cool. Yeah, so thanks for having me. Um, I think I was always an entrepreneur. Oh, I know I was. I started out, I guess, as early when I was in middle school, flipping iPhones on eBay and just selling anything I could get my hands on. And then it really started to come to fruition when I got into kite surfing due to the fact that when I had to travel a lot, I was, became a professional. I was traveling the world, kite surfing competitions, and I was attracted to the lifestyle of autonomy through that. Um, and the people I was able to meet and other entrepreneurs through kite surfing, I was very drawn to the idea of how do I live and work and be able to do what I love outside of work. And that was, you know, getting out on the water. And so that was a big driving force into driving me to start my own business. So with iPhones during middle school, like, what well, was that your first dive into entrepreneurship? Uh, I would say it was. And then it really, from the iPhones then to uh, teaching kite surfing and then what I liked about that was one, I was able to charge quite a bit of money to do this and I was making a good amount. So it was hard for me to justify, you know, working a nine to five or a restaurant job early on to then to not work for myself. So I knew I had to work for myself. My, both my parents were entrepreneurs. I was grew up with it. And then going into college, learning more about business and, and then stumbling into software and the real estate and combining my passions for creating something and going to market with it was definitely how the evolution of, of how I got to where I'm at right now. Right. And it's really cool at such a young age. I mean, you were pretty much unemployable at that point. I know. Yeah. Accounting was not, I was not cut out for accounting. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we all know how important it is to have a mentor, someone who has been or who is at the position where you want to be at in life. Now, did you have any type of mentorship while growing up, especially when starting out as an entrepreneur? Yeah, um, definitely two key people that I took interest in. They took interest in me. One was Craig Lauer, who was the 88th employee at Qualcomm. And uh, Craig and I have grown to become very good friends. And he was he was he has an engineering background, and I've and we were just able to click, and it was great. And he helped mentor me to learn how to build great products, you know, learning about technology, how it works, how to put what together, and to be able to learn from someone who was so experienced at such a very at the most successful company in San Diego uh, was a real honor, and I and it's one of my most cherished relationships, um, and then. As the company started to grow in college, when we were launching Dizzle, James Brennan, who was also a USD alum, I was I reached out to, and we became pretty much hit it off instantly. We're both very similar, um, and James took a liking in me, ended up investing in the company actually as the first investor, and James has also been very successful. So I, he's a guy that just knows how to get the deal done and to be able to learn from someone that who's has nine figure exits under his belt is pretty phenomenal. You know, it's pretty ironic that you say that you had a mentor from Qualcomm because I'm I'm actually currently working there right now and there there's so many great leadership, you know, internally within Qualcomm. And it's no surprise that, you know, people who have worked there have started their own companies themselves. Yeah. It's been great. I think Qualcomm's been a phenomenal resource for the community. Now this is a pretty common theme in entrepreneurship. It's difficult to get some time off for yourself as an entrepreneur when you're constantly learning new skills, interacting with customers, but it's imperative that you take some time off to to kind of cool off and do your own thing. With that being said, what are a few of your favorite hobbies? I love kite surfing. Um, I love to surf. Um, I love to travel. I mean, I like to travel, but you know, kite surfing has really grounded me. Um, I've I was I, I reached everything I wanted to in, in the sport, and I, I just love it. It's I, I'm addicted to it. <laughs> I, I I had the same when I when I started becoming an entrepreneur. I had the same feeling and passion I had for kite surfing that I did for what I'm doing now, and I, I'm addicted to that feeling. So that's that's what I love to do. So you're still teaching kite surfing right now? I'm not teaching it. I love to do it. I love being out in the water. I just love everything about this sport. It was my first passion. Nice. Now, we are now going to concentrate on how all of this started, and maybe some of my listeners can use the same tactics when moving forward to start their own businesses. What strategies did you use to fund your business? Initially, it was you know teaching kite surfing. I was able to make cash pretty quickly. Um, then I started a drone business uh, to kind of complement my software business because I, was, I needed to get in front of realtors. I was taking like aerial photography of real estate. And it actually was pretty successful. I got profitable. I got a lot of clients, but it wasn't my true passion. It was a way to like fund my, my activities before I was like in a position to go out and, and raise angel capital or real money to, to, to grow the business. So that was, that's how I funded it, just kind of bootstrap with side businesses that were a lot of cash flow. So I know real estate agents, they take pictures of houses and use that, that drone to kind of take an aerial picture of the house and was that what you did to find your clients? Yeah. So I was like one of the first people to do it in San Diego. Um, and I was able to like, kind of like leapfrog and capture quite a bit of clients before like 
oh, like the market became flooded. So uh, it was a great experience. And yeah, it was just aerial protective pictures are beautiful. Um, and the video is phenomenal and the, with the, you just throw a GoPro on the, on the drone and it's, it's amazing. Nice. So how was it like when you made that leap into entrepreneurship? Like what was going on in your head? Well, I was uh, a junior in at USD and I was an accounting major and I did not like accounting. Uh, I just, it was part one, I wanted to work for myself and part another, I didn't want to work in accounting. So it was a very, I was very driven to make sure whatever I was going to work on was going to work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that was kind of what really got me kick my butt in gear. Accounting is definitely the foundation. Uh, it's, it's not sh stressed enough how important it is when starting a business because like, like James says, if cash is king, cash flow is the king of the universe. So managing cash flow is like your number one priority as a startup founder. Right. Now you probably had many of these, but describe one moment in your business when you felt like giving up. What was it that kept you inspired and to keep trying? I was in a legal dispute with one of my business partners and it didn't look like things were going to turn out all right for me to continue. Um, and at that point, you just you pray a lot and you just take it day by day. You can only control what you can do that day. Um, and that's kind of the mentality I've taken because it's so uncertain when you start a, you know, particularly a technology business. Uh, as you grow these things, it's, uh, it's you got to be day by day. Now, what was the dispute, if you don't mind sharing? I don't really want to go into details, but it was just early stage founder dispute where, you know, two people don't agree anymore and they decide they can't work together. Gotcha. Tell us a story about a great success you've had as an entrepreneur. I think for me, it was one, as we pivoted from our initial idea of basically selling apps to realtors to then turning into a advertising platform for vendors to reach real estate agents and their home buyers during the sale of a house um, to see the vendors becoming happy and to see the business model working that as we predicted has been a phenomenal, um, you know, satisfaction for me to, to make a bet and a hypothesis and to see it coming true and going beyond what I expected is just one of the most, it's why I do this. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> now, where do you see Dizzle five years from now? I see Dizzle becoming the primary platform for people that want to work with homeowners and real estate agents at point of sale. Um, it's an inefficient process currently for people to reach realtors and home buyers right now. And we're positioning us as, I wanna have a dominant market share. I want to be in the top 200 brokerage firms in the country. Awesome. Now we're going to have a little fun. We are now entering my favorite round, mm -hmm. the superhero round. You know, I'm a huge fan of superheroes and we can even admire these successful entrepreneurs as superheroes themselves. So what is your entrepreneur superpower? In other words, what is your greatest strength? Resilience. I won't go down easy. <laughs> Now, what would you say is a kryptonite? You know, like it's everything that everyone going against me. Everything's going against me right now as an early stage founder. It's like one, running out of money. Um, two, it's, you know, it's customers don't renew. Uh, you know, uncertainty. 
you know, it's hard to predict. Now, this could probably go into the next question, which is, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? It would be mind control, so I can know what everyone else is thinking. Yeah, so that there's no uncertainty in yeah. the future, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Now, we are now entering the final questions of the interview, and these are the tools that you recommend that would really help our listeners rise to their feet and get started. What is one favorite tool that you use in your business and would recommend to our listeners? I use an email platform called Tout App that helps me prospect and basically run my customer success programs with my, with my clients. And it's phenomenal, easy to use email application that if you're interested in growing a sales business or growing sales, like it is, then it's a must have. Oh, what's your favorite book? Uh, favorite book? Well, I just read The Martian. That was pretty awesome. Uh, but Ben Horowitz, his book, uh, The Hard Things About Hard Things, is phenomenal. What's The Martian? Because I know there's this huge hoopla about this whole UFO sighting recently <laughs> over LA. <laughs> I don't, yeah, right? Uh, I mean, The Martian came out. I read that book in like two days, and the movie was great. Um, it's just a book about survival, you know, resilience. Um, when all the odds are stacked against you. It's kind of like starting a company. Cool. After going through all the failures, all the successes you've had thus far, what is one startup life hack you've discovered that you can share with our listeners? Learn to network and learn to you know, meet people and build relationships. You can't, that's it. That's the key to this whole starting a business is knowing as having great relationships with people. I mean, it's the reason why they say your net worth is your network, or is that the other way around? <laughs> your net worth is your network, and it, it couldn't be farther from, it is, it's absolute truth. Uh, I wouldn't be here without the people that helped me along the way. Uh, and I just, if, for me, I started networking early in college, and it's paying, it continues to pay dividends, you know, years down the road. Mm-hmm. So the majority of my listeners are college students themselves. So for people who want to start up their own businesses, what would be some of the key pieces of advice that you would give? Well, and start, you know, start attending events like the MIT Enterprise Forum here in San Diego. Uh, that's where I started. It was a phenomenal launch pad into the business community in San Diego. Um, and any other type of forum like that, or you know, the meetups that are focused on entrepreneurship. Um, those, before you even... Think about starting a business, you need to have your network somewhat established because um, you're going to need to hire engineers, you're going to need to hire salespeople, um, and you need that before you get going. The second is if you're going to start a business in this day and age, it's much start a business that's going to either make someone money or it's going to save them enough money that they'll listen to you. Uh, I can't emphasize that enough just because. Once our business switched to, you know, I'm going to help you make money, people are so much more receptive to listen to you and to then do business with you because they believe in what you're doing and how you can help them. It's, it's, how, can you, it's how can you add value to someone's life or someone's business? And, and that's what I'm most excited about is how our business has, you know, we're helping other businesses grow with us and there's nothing more rewarding than that. Mm-hmm. So build a business upon a product where customers can say, hey, I mean, what, what can your product do for me? Yeah. You know, how are you going to help someone else with your product? How are they going to, how are you going to add value to whatever they're doing? 
And, and on top of that, without getting too technical, before you launch a, a business, before you even have an idea, understand how you're going to distribute that idea or that product. Um, and you want to innovate around some type of distribution model that is unique to your business. So getting your business to market, how is your distribution model defensible against someone else's? Um, especially as it's just so key to getting a jump start. Give our listeners one action step that they could do right now to get started. Whether it may be, you know, taking out an influencer for coffee, like what would you advise them to do right now? Uh, reach out to someone that you admire in the community on LinkedIn and be like, hey, I love what you've done. I'd love to learn more. And chances are you'll probably get a meeting with them. And then I think you can build upon that. It's something anyone can do right now. Uh, so tune up your LinkedIn profile and start reaching out to people. Now, what's the best way that we could follow you in case we want to know more about Will Caldwell or the things that you're doing at Dizzle? Yeah, you can follow us at Dizzle um, on Twitter. Yeah, and then my, my personal Twitter is at Will Caldwell, Will underscore Caldwell. Awesome. Thank you, Will, for being a guest on my show. We appreciate your time and wisdom. But here at Startup Life Hacks, we have a saying to help motivate our listeners who are on this entrepreneur journey, that it's okay to fail and it's okay to struggle. So let's close by reminding Hacker Nation what our motto is and say it with extreme enthusiasm. Stay positive and keep grinding. Nice. Thanks, Will. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today on Startup Life Hacks. Everything that we talked about today, the tools, the books, and how to get in touch with Will are included in our show notes page at startuplifehacks.com. And if you like what we're doing and have a couple minutes to spare, Show us your love and support by leaving us a rating and review. We've made it super easy. Just go to startuplifehacks.com slash subscribe. Okay, I think I've kept you guys waiting for too long. I know how important it is to have someone guide you throughout the process of starting your own business. That's why I've teamed up with Derek Caney, the co-founder of Splash OPM. And to learn more about him, he was my special guest in episode 17 of this show. We're doing a giveaway for the month of December. That's right, a giveaway. We're giving people the chance to join a mastermind session with me, Derek, and two other winners to truly talk about your life and business goals and help you move forward. We're also giving away some books that'll help you out as well. What is this going to cost you? Nothing. Just go over to startuplifehacks.com giveaway to find out how to win. And Hacker Nation, don't forget, stay positive and keep grinding.